You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Surfacing Selkies? Yes. And an audience of billions. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Sean Chandler, and you're listening to Your Program is Your Ticket, a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. My guests today are Or Matias, Jackson Tucker Meyer, and Aaron Feinstein, who are in representation of Action Play, a neurodivergent theater company scheduled to perform at the 6th Annual Arts for Autism Broadway concert at the Gershwin Theater. These three artists are part of my Theater is for Everyone series, where I'm interviewing theater artists outside of the major locales and influences to give them a chance to be heard, discuss their work selection and production processes, while touching on their triumphs, challenges, and misconceptions. Action Play is a New York-based programming, outreach, and education organization dedicated to providing children, teens, and adults on the autism spectrum and related conditions equal access to education, arts, and culture. They are dedicated to improving the lives of individuals on the autism spectrum, their families, and the community at large. Please keep in mind that our interviews are recorded at different times to optimize schedules, just in case the audio sounds different. I'm super excited, so let's bring them on. Hi, guys, and welcome to Your Program is Your Ticket. Hello. 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 Nice to be here. It's great to have you here. I'm so excited. Uh, I think that uh, this sounds like such a really, really wonderful event, and I can't wait to hear all about it. So uh, let's, let's get started, and let's do that by having you introduce yourselves to our listeners. Tell us about yourselves and your role with Action Play and the 6th Annual Arts for Autism Broadway Concert, please. Hi, I'm Aaron Feinstein. I'm the executive director and founder of Action Play. Uh, I started Action Play in 2011. I was a drama club kid uh, who, you know, kind of found my way to the drama room like so many others do and found it the place where a lot of people who don't quite fit the norm go and we have great experiences and we meet friends and we have the best time ever. Um, went on to UCLA, got my MFA in directing and I started Action Play just to really, um, I wanted to create a, an inclusive space for neurodivergent and autistic artists to really explore and, um, and create work that is meaningful and develop. Outstanding. Are you from Southern California? Yeah, I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up in, in the uh, the in the ye old San Fernando Valley. Ah, I lived in the San Fernando Valley for ages. Woodland Hills. I'm. Uh, I'm uh, I grew up in Chatsworth, and you know, spent spent a bunch of time in in, in Sherman Oaks. So yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very very cool. I didn't go to UCLA, but I didn't go to college anyways. But I did live there, and I, I was born in. Um, uh, uh, like Southern California, I lived in Downey, California. Okay, if you're familiar with that, that's where the Carpenters are from. That is a that is a great. I mean, come on, that's a that's as good of a a, a star uh, you know born place as I've I've ever heard. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How much fun! Okay, who's next? Uh, I'm Jackson Tuckermeyer. I am an autistic writer, theater artist, filmmaker, and program director for Action Play. Uh, 
I began uh, volunteering with Action Play in 2019, became program director in 2021, uh, and I helped out uh, both behind the scenes and in the rehearsal room and on the uh, the writing of the script and the lyrics for our uh, show, which uh, we just premiered last month called The Surface. Uh, and I've been doing a bit of work behind the scenes to uh, help coordinate our rehearsals for the sixth annual Arts for Autism concert as well. I've recently been waylaid by COVID, which is why my voice is even more uh, deep and husky and resonant than usual. But thankfully, I uh, managed to do the lion's share of all that work uh, before my brain started hanging upside down, as the song says. I would have never known. This is the first time I've ever heard your voice. So I would have just thought you just had a deep, commanding, powerful voice. Oh, which you well, probably do you. anyways. Yeah, it's yeah, probably just a it's tiny there, but it's not like full Darth Vader like it is now. <laughs> fun, fun. Okay. Or how about you? Yes. Hi, I'm Or Matias, a composer and music director. Um, have been working with Action Play now for uh, this was my first year. So just concluded my first season with this wonderful organization. Um, grew up in Tel Aviv, Israel, uh, started music at the age of two, uh, moved to New York at 18 for Juilliard and stayed for grad school and uh, um, have really had the great fortune of getting to work mostly in theater for the last decade, both on and off Broadway and uh, kind of all over the country, um, as well as working with various pop artists and uh, doing a lot of arranging and orchestrating, um, but have really, really found so much deep, deep love uh, with this organization and uh, uh, just loved writing the music for the show and getting to work with all the talented actors. Um, and uh, uh, just just as an aside, I'm deeply envious of Jackson's very low commanding voice because uh, I'm a mezzo-soprano, as you can hear uh, in my natural <laughs> speaking voice. And so I've always coveted the low commanding uh, bass baritone. Well, I find your timbre very lovely as well, or for what it is worth. Appreciate Aww. it, my friend. How nice. A, 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 a great love fest. Love it. Okay, I am a huge fan of some of the projects that you've worked on. Um, and I'm just going to tell you what they are because I have your <laughs> website printed out here, of course. I have all your web, well, as much of a website as you have printed out here. I won't take too long, Jen, so please uh, uh, indulge me if you will. Love, love, great comment. Love it. I was one of the people that Danae Benton sang to when I went and saw it, do you know what moment I'm talking about? Yeah, she, sure. She goes up, like you're up in this like booth that, that are up. At, yeah. And she just sat there on the stairs and looked at me and sang to me for like, like a minute and a half. I got so nervous. And she's giving such a wonderful performance um, in the Gilded Age right now. If anybody's watching that or not yeah. watching that, she's doing an, an excellent job. Um, <clears throat> loved uh, First Daughter Suite. What a great cast. What a great cast. Casey Levy. Um, I, I had put somewhere that like Mary Testa was giving like a masterclass in like musical theater acting playing yeah. uh, Barbara Bush at the end. I mean, all the other actors, as far as I know, they played, they each played two characters except her. And she comes out and just, in my opinion, walked away with the whole entire thing. And so <laughs> I'm um, thrilled that you were on that. And also, uh, the one show that I told everybody, they say, Sean, what's your favorite uh, musical this year? And um, in 2019, I would say Octet. I effing loved Octet. I thought that was such a great show. So wonderful. And I think they just, if I'm not mistaken, they, they did it in Northern California this year. I think they yeah, did it. I would say we we did it. We uh, we all flew out there, and it was the same cast, same group, and uh, uh, we did a production at Berkeley Rep. So I actually spent a month and a half in, in Berkeley um, in April. Um, so it was lovely, and we got to do it there with the exact same team, same designers, same uh, cast, kind of in hopes of being able to take it to the next level, um, and maybe who knows in the future bring it back to New York in, in a bigger, splashier way. Wow, wow. I even like put on there uh, when I saw the announcement on Facebook, I was like, I love this show. It's great. It's wonderful. So <laughs> I threw you guys some props. Hopefully it, you know, hopefully it nudged some ticket, ticket sales. Appreciate and, it. Oh, my pleasure. Okay. Guys, thank you for letting me fangirl just a little bit right there. I appreciate it. And when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, how am I just going to get through this now? All right. <laughs> Gentlemen, uh, tell us about Action Play. What is your mission 
slash overall goal of, of the company? Um, the mission is really to uh, provide equal arts opportunities for autistic, neurodivergent, and disabled artists to uh, to basically explore the arts, to create work, to have opportunities that you know so many folks who are neurodivergent, autistic, and disabled don't get. You know, um, so in one sense, we're a place where. You know, it could be your first show. It could be the first thing that you've ever done in the theater. We want to be that space, but we also want to make sure that we're always promoting uh, folks that want to do it professionally. So we have things like an audition workshop where we work with Casting Society of America, the largest body of casting directors in the country who do workshops with us. And we basically put forth um, folks who really want to connect with the the professional casting world and they get parts, you know, and and it really is something we've seen this kind of paradigm shift within the industry where casting directors want to cast representationally. Um, and, you know, we th this group, you know, we love to create original pieces of theater. So that's another thing that we do. We create original musicals from the ground up. We have nothing. We build it over uh, about 20 Sundays and we create an original work that's really infused with the voices of the folks that are in our AIMS program, which creates original pieces of musical theater. Very, very cool. Uh, tell me about, is it Selkie Free from The Surface, your musical The Surface? Tell me about that. Talk about it. Well, uh, that's uh, part of, that's basically the, uh, the closing of act one number uh, that Orr and I wrote together. It was really interesting. I like sent him the lyrics, I think at like 10 in the morning on like a Saturday one time, uh, or feel free to fact check me on that, but I think you got it in by like 12, maybe two at like the latest. It was something it's somewhere in that neighborhood. And it's just such uh, an absolute jam. Uh, it starts slow, builds to a rocking vocal finale. Uh, and again, like the, just the title itself, Selkie Free, you know, it, it speaks to, I think, the freedom that we give. <laughs> I just realized a song has free in the title. But like, you know, the freedom and leeway that we give our ensemble of autistic teens and young adults to really make theater that's built around their particular interests uh, and the stories that they want to tell. Uh, Sandy Carp, a fabulous action play performer, uh, she was really into Selkies and uh, she uh, gave us many, many, many stacks of facts about Selkies, which are like these mythological creatures that can be a seal or a human, uh, depending on just how they're feeling, how they're vibing. And so uh, she ended up creating this whole character who was basically one of the leads of the show uh, based off of this world building and research that she had done. And so, yeah, yeah, the song is from this character, this Selkie character's point of view, uh, and she's going to be actually singing it in tandem with, I believe, a Broadway performer named Natalie Charles Ellis. Uh, I'm just reading it in like a hooked on phonics type of way. Uh, but yeah, she's been in the uh, Broadway companies of School of Rock and Beetlejuice, I believe. So uh, that that's going to be really exciting. We've got a whole new arrangement uh, once again by Orr for two vocal soloists and an ensemble of both action play performers and Broadway performers too uh, intermingled, which, you know, to my way of thinking is exactly as it should be. And I will, I will just add to, to Jackson's point, it was one of those beautiful kinetic moments where, you know, we had, it, it took us a minute to kind of uh, over the course of the months really find what the tone of the piece was and what the music wanted to mm -hmm. feel like, especially for this group of performers. Um, but Sandy always kind of had this effervescent energy to her and just the amount of depth and detail and care that she was putting not only into her character, but just to her, her form of expression, it was so clear that she had so much to give vocally. Um, and I, I very much remember the day you sent me that song and the way we had been working is that we would talk about scenes and then Jackson would kind of go away and carve out what he thought would be the right kind of pivotal moment for them to, uh, to become um, a singing moment. And I think this was the first one that I, I saw and it just felt like one of those park and bark glorious kind of, you know, um, 
culminative musical theater moments. And, and I knew that it was for Sandy. And I think it was the first song that I was just like, I no questions asked, knew exactly what to do with it. And the lyric was, was crafted in such a brilliant way that like Jackson said, by I think within a couple hours, um, the song was there and it hadn't changed since. And, and Sandy, I mean, she's just a force of nature. She's so, so, so brilliant. I can't wait for people to see her. And, and just as, as another, just like fun aside, I've known Natalie for about a decade. So when I moved to uh, the city and had just started writing songs, Natalie was one of the first people who said to me, like, just, you know, I'll come over, we'll work on your stuff. You can hear how it sounds, you know, in a female register. And, uh, and I've known her for, for such a long time. And it's so fun to see her getting to be part of this community too now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I saw Natalie understudy in both Beetlejuice and in School of Rock. I got to catch one of the performances where she played, I believe the character's name is Rosie, the, the principal in School of Rock. She has a sensational voice. She's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah, I, I, was, I just remember being like so blown away. Wonderful, wonderful acting chops and just, it's, it's, that's a really, really nice uh, partner to partner up with your team members. So it's, that's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, John, what did is, we, did we ahead, tell please. you about what the piece is about that we did? I, oh, I, yeah, was, yeah, I yeah. was just going to ask you right now. That was my next <laughs> question. <laughs> please, please, someone tell us what the surface yeah. is about. <laughs> so the full title of the surface is the surface. And then in parentheses, or that one time Atlantis washed up on the beach and uh, again this is coming out of like people's various interests like we started a google doc when we were still in zoom rehearsals at the very beginning where people could just like popcorn various ideas with like no pressure to like make it into a part of the musical or not but people were interested in uh ancient civilizations i believe uh sort of like a fairy tale narrative uh frozen was definitely bandied about uh we do uh we didn't incorporate literal aspects of that because we don't want to get sued but we were able to like sort of take smart elements from that narrative that people really resonate with and of course the uh, the selkie element as well so it really became a piece uh about uh atlantis washing up on the shores of coney island and the wild culture clash that happens and also this character, Ona the Selkie, meeting uh, a street musician named Verdi and the friendship that's really forged out of that. What an intriguing storyline. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I understand it, but I have a lot of questions about it, too, <laughs> that, that I'm sure the show will answer, right? Uh, is answering now right i mean i'll give like a little pocket synopsis of it at the arts for autism uh thing but yeah yeah it's sort of you know and uh, feel free to stop me if i'm just like super rambling but it's the story of this you know monarchistic society clashing against like these really uh, like rough and tumble street musicians on the boardwalk. We definitely love to incorporate uh, our actors' musical talents into there. A lot of them play an instrument or instruments. Uh, uh, and actually the guy playing Verdi um, brought in an instrument that he'd like made. It was like the, this homemade French horn out of like a length of pipe and like a mouthpiece. And we ended up incorporating it in the show. We made it like this weird like folk instrument of Atlantis. But yeah, it's basically a big cast of like zany characters that uh, these young people created uh, or really wanted to play. And that basically just became our job to sort of artfully knit together and synthesize uh, these very creative ideas that the whole ensemble of about 15 actors was bringing to the table. So yeah, yeah. And we felt that... Uh, putting Atlantis and smashing it into Coney Island was the most straightforward way of going about it. <laughs> so it was, um, it was your team all submitting ideas of characters that they wanted to play. Um, yes. And then 
who is the person who brought that all together into the story that it is now? Who did who wrote essentially the the book for it? Well, it's a collective effort at the end of the day. I mean, we really try to conduct ourselves as a company and as a staff by the ethos of devised theater, uh, where it's really all hands on deck, uh, both in the ensemble and behind the scenes to sort of like come up with a sort of unified vision. Uh, I was credited in the program as script supervisor, uh, um, meaning that I did do a lot of work in terms of like knitting together these ideas, but also a lot of it just came from like improvisations that we recorded. Uh, A big part of the work is born out of improvisation. And there's many a time when really the work, I didn't really have to do much. Like the scene was already there and it was just a matter of making it fit within like two other brilliant scenes that had been uh, improvised. So if if you, if uh, you consider the person who, writes the script to be the person who's typing it out, then I guess that was mostly me. But even then, it was still like the staff getting together and brainstorming and, of course, building off of the great ideas and improvisations uh, of the ensemble as well. Wow. I I love that. I love that everybody sort of gets a hand in it. And usually, usually, that's, that's, so, no, okay, not usually. Sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes that's too many sort of cooks in the kitchen, but it sounds like your team is just so unified that it, it, it that you were lucky or that you're lucky that you have this great group of artists who can come together and who understand each other to to put all of this together. That's I mean, I, I write books for musicals. It's it's hard work in general, just doing it on your own. But to have a big group of people like that all weaving their ideas in is um that's amazing i think action play like is like the uh our our aims program is really like the quintessential too many cooks in the kitchen but also can create like a great thing and i think it's i think a lot of it is because there's a, a great respect for everybody who's working together so i think ultimately it's like even in our conversations where we're trying to move a plot element or along as I, I think of this one moment, we have this, uh, one of our cast members, um, a, a guy named Patrick, uh, really liked Gilbert and Sullivan, like loves Gilbert and Sullivan musicals. So we were, we, we just started like amongst the staff trying to figure out like, what's the Gilbert Sullivan way we can get into act two. You know, we were thinking like, okay, well maybe it's like a Royal, like a Royal, like the Royal rompy kind of thing. And like, you know, and like it kind of introduced the idea. So even, even in the moments where we kind of get stuck and we can't move it along, it still kind of goes back to the company and goes back to the ideas and passions and loves. So it's always a stew of ideas. And I think over the years, we've just gotten, you know, better at helping to knit them together. Cause that's kind of the ethos. It's like so many folks that are autistic and neurodivergent have these really singular passions and interests. And it's like, I think part of the whole thing that we do is we honor those passions and interests. And we don't want to like, take that away, but we also have to build it into an ensemble format. You know, if there's one thing I can say about, you know, you know, being neurodivergent and also working with autistic folks and working with neurodivergent folks, there's a lot in their, in, in our lives and definitely autistic people's lives where they get these interests kind of taken away from them. So we, we try to be a place that really celebrates all of that and, and makes it happen, you know? Wow. And also just add is, you know, this, like I said, this was my first year and admittedly, you know, I've done so much work with so many different groups of people, some of which has also been devised. Um, but I will admit that in the first, I'd say probably a couple months, I, I felt a little bit like a deer in headlights, just seeing how every single idea that was brought in by every single member was not only honored, but lifted up to be just as important as any other idea that was brought into the room. And I remember sitting there and thinking to myself, how the hell is this all going to come together? There's just no way there are too many disparate ideas. And I think looking now at the final product, I can, I can safely attest that every single idea, important idea that was brought up by a member has made it into the final product, which does make sense. And I think it is 100% due to the level of uncompromising generosity 
um, of, of not only the, um, the acting company, but the staff, and even seeing it just in meetings before and after rehearsals, seeing how people um, relate to one another, how they uh, lift each other's ideas up and always yes and um, was just kind of a masterclass and how anything can be molded into greater than the sum of its parts if the right energy is there to guide it. And it was just, it was really kind of a masterclass in collaboration for me this, this last year. That's outstanding. Had you ever written a song in one day? Oh, yes. As, as you Very had. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I you know, Sean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, free, I'm a freelance artist. I've, I've written, I've written five in a day when there's a deadline looming. So right. uh, that's, that's, <laughs> oh my that's, gosh. Not, that's not, that's not new, but, um, but, but this, but this was done with so much love, which is, which is often not, not, or not often, but sometimes not always the case. And th there was always just um, such a sweet spot in my heart for every moment of work through the process, which is, which is so unique. Oh, that's, that's outstanding. Um, is Action Play just all about theater or are there other types of programs that, um, that, that you have available? So, yeah, I mean, we do, we do a number of things, but, you know, we, we're into doing professional development for organizations. Um, we've really started to branch. We used to really work primarily in the art space, but now we're getting interesting calls from like tech companies and folks like that. And it seems to be working. I mean, you know, who, who would think a bunch of like wacky artists, you know, get to talk to the, the, the scientists and the, the number crunchers and like, and they get, they're really inspired by just kind of figuring out ways to work and understand and, and really, um, you know, build a place that's inclusive of neurodivergent and um, autistic uh, individuals and minds. And, and really, you know, it's through that understanding that I think, uh, you know, that we live in a time where there are so many different identities that are not, I want to say, uh, the, the, the classic, you know, normal employee or the norm, whatever that means, you know? And so I think we really encourage people to kind of open that space up and to really look at the skills that different people bring into the workplace and into the arts environment. But we also do, as I said, I, I talked about our audition workshop. Um, we do a mentorship program as well, where we professionally mentor um, young autistic um, artists and, you know, individuals who really want to uh, have careers in potential, you know, we, we, our sweet spot is obviously the arts, but as I said, uh, to your question, we're really branching out into other industries as well. Wow. And with the arts, the programs within the arts, uh, in action play, do you have sub programs, uh, for, for tech, like for directing or lighting design, things like that? do that but what we've done is when people come in with the interest we always make sure that they have an opportunity a platform we get a lot of people who want to perform but we have had folks that were interested in tech and like when we're building a show we throw them in the mix i mean theater is that's the best part about theater to me is it's like it's this great platform where all these different types of people can create together i mean that's one of the biggest takeaways i always got from theater is like it's a platform you know it's a platform for people that are performers, people that are scientists. It's just, you know, it has this great space that, that incorporates all sorts of, of folks and all sorts of talents. Wow. That's great. Um, I better be careful because now people are going to be calling you asking for programs hey. that deal with, with theater tech, right? We're, we're, we're ready. We'll, we'll do it. You know, like, I mean, I, I, I think that's one of the places that we really want to continue to expand is just how, we can incorporate all of these different passions and skills. I mean, we, if anything, as I said, that is what the theater is, <laughs> you know, that's what it should be. <laughs> well, or said it best with the yes and answer. I, I love that you said that because I, I think it's great when there are uh, companies who it's, it's like, yes, and yes. And what can we do? Yes. And we will do that. The answer is yes. What's the question? And you have taken that, uh, that phrase and you have really applied, applied it. And I think it's, it's great. And I think it's really inspirational. I mean, I mean, any group of people who is looking for someone to support them, if that particular support element, if they could all have that particular philosophy, then I think that we, 
our world would look a lot better and be a lot better. It's just, it's, it's just, it's really nice. It means nobody's like too cool for school. You know what I mean? That's just. I, I always felt that theater was, you know, was that like, I just felt like, um, you know, it's like you got called a theater nerd when you were in high school because you, you know, you went to that drama club place with all the other theater nerds. But, you know, I, I to me, it was just like, if you only knew, <laughs> like yeah. if you only knew that we were having like way more fun than you. We were just like having so much more fun than the people that weren't in that room. So it's always that funny thing where it's like maybe through shows like Glee and, and, you know, kind of the more pop exposures of what a theater nerd is or a theater, you know, kid is, maybe that started to like demystify some of that. But, you know, I, I kind of take a lot of pride in it in, in the sense that I think that that room, that drama club, whatever it is, becomes a really safe space. And, and one of the things that I, we get a lot of, um, great feedback about with our, our company is that we create, a safe space, uh, a really safe space where people can really, you know, explore their, 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 the multiple hats that we all get to wear in life, but you get to do it in this, this kind of unique platform where it's okay to do that. You know, it's okay to be like incredibly villainous. It's okay to be incredibly weird. It's okay to be, you know what, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I remember after I found the, the drama room, I never ate lunch anywhere else again in that school and yeah we were you're right we were having a great time you know so i totally agree i think that's that's a great wonderful analogy um what are some of the challenges facing action play as an overall company i can i'll 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 start that one and just say you know as a small company it's always you know you're always trying to kind of keep your head afloat financially and trying to figure out ways to, you know, we have to do the money raising game and all of that sort of stuff. A lot of things that kind of were counterintuitive to me as just a, a, a theater dude. Uh, you know, I think we've all had to learn that that's what makes these things go. Um, so, you know, it's always about how to, you know, sustain the programs that we have and also grow in appropriate ways. But, you know, I think the interesting thing about it is is how we grow in a way that is honors that kind of small community vibe. And I think a lot, I think how we've always felt about it, or at least how I've always felt about it, is that I like that small community vibe. I would never want to just grow like, 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 you know, just like, you know, I don't know, use the phrase guns of blazing, but, you know, like, you know, full on, you know, we're just growing because we grow. Like, you know, it's like, no, it's like there's something about like, like keeping things within a, a really respectful, you know, intimate kind of way and growing appropriately. I don't know if I'm phrasing that right, but yeah. Right. Just keeping things sort of um, uh, corralled, if you will, within the proper amount of people and and uh, not get letting it get so big that things get out of control and you lose sight of your mission. You Am it. I getting it right now? I think I think you said it brilliantly. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's the nicest compliment I've had in three years. Appreciate that. That's very nice. OK, now, before we get into our last set. Of, of questions. Um, I have a question for you guys. What is park and bark? I have no idea what that is. Or I think you brought that up. <laughs> park and bark. I've never heard that before. I, I think it's just, it's, it's a phrase that was traditionally used for big solo numbers, whether if they're torch songs or 11 o'clock numbers or whatever it is where the soloist just stands with a single spotlight wherever they are on the stage and they, and they belt out a big old song. And I think uh, that that's at least how I got to know the term. It usually pertained to a solo epic song um, where, where, you know, there's a big spot on the character and they, and they genuinely park and bark. So like on my own from Les Miserables. You got it. Right. Epony just stands there just, sings in one place and and you know brings the house down so okay i i, I wasn't i wasn't i kind of thought that's what it was but 
you know, I'm, <laughs> it's I'm more so bad. Train dogs and seals right. to, to, to bark a, a melody that, that a genius like Orr has written, you know, that's part of our company too. You know, we have, we have a zoo of trained dogs. <laughs> you know, I'm still basking my one compliment that I've received all year. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> improperly guess and, I don't want to ruin my reputation. (laughs) We should expand Uh, into the animal kingdom. That's the thing. Like cats uh, can be diagnosed as autistic. Fun fact. Very interesting. We should get a cat ensemble or just do cats. Or just do cats. I mean, I feel feel like some some part of me is like slightly like opposed to it, but I also know your love of the musical Cats, Jackson. And that is good. It's like almost enough for me to say yes and? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yes and or a yes maybe. (laughs) I mean, listen, the Gilbert and Sullivan thing is already like, we are, you know, we have this company member who's just like is like obsessed and i am not i'm i'm like a I'm very like, persuasive I'm, case yeah, you know <laughs> and all that. but people like i also know love gilbert and sullivan like are, are wild about it but he's like we should really do one he's like they're in the common domain we won't have to pay for it i'm like hmm <laughs> <laughs> He was also like, there's a lot of rich old people that out there who love Gilbert and Sullivan. He like really, you know, he practically had like a whole PowerPoint presentation. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> now, Jack, Jackson, do you like cats? Is that, is it one of your... There's nothing like it. And that's enough for me. <laughs> I just we, uh, commit so hard to like a specific way of doing things that you really don't see anywhere else I really admire that uh for reference another one of the the best musicals that I ever saw in my opinion was uh the meatloaf musical bat out of hell that completely blew me away you know and there's other uh works of art that people would say are kind of you know more conventionally on the good side that also have that quality for me but uh I find like that sort of unique energy to be very, very compelling. I'm going to have to catch that when I go to London. That's the only place I can ever find that. Is it still playing there? I don't know. Hopefully we'll cross my fingers. It feels like it Mm -hmm. it was playing there the other eight or nine times I was there before COVID. So, so I'll cross my fingers. Is it a motorcycle involved? Yeah. Yeah. They got the motorcycle in there. They got all that. Yeah. 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 Sweet. (laughs) Don't make me promises that you can't keep because I love to see an audio animatronic motorcycle, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And they had like a table that turned into like a big Cadillac for Paradise by the Dashboard Light. It was like a bunch of stuff going on. It was fabulous. Okay. (laughs) I got to put, I could talk about this kind of thing forever because I love theater like that. So 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 we're going to have to move. I did want to say though that um, just a little a little plug uh, for my friend Mike's podcast, a Broadway podcast network. There is a podcast that he does. It's called The Wrong Cat Died. Mm. You should listen to it. And he brings people on from cats or who have association from cats because he thinks that that Grisilla, Gr- Grisabella is the wrong cat to have died in that show. And so he he's got this whole podcast with more episodes than me about, you know, people coming on and going, no, I think it should have been, I don't know, Deuteronomy or whoever. And um, just, just, it's a good podcast. It's funny. That's and awesome. Guess That's really have, in the spirit of Cats in terms of like just committing to a very specific bit for a very extended period of time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I never even thought of that. Okay. <laughs> have to check that out for sure. Oh, it's, 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 and he gets like people like from like he had Mamie Paris on who played Grisabella for like two years in the last <laughs> revival. Who's a very nice lady, by the way. Nice. Um, all right. Um, tell us what are some of the misconceptions that people have about neurodivergent artists? Well, I don't know if I'd call it a, a misconception necessarily, but often I feel like I've encountered a sort of received wisdom that, uh, uh, actors who are autistic with low support needs versus high support needs uh, should most likely, you know, be in like a separate sort of ensemble. Uh, but we don't really roll that way with action play. Uh, 
we have actors who are uh, very like low support needs. We've got other actors who are uh, almost, if not fully uh, nonverbal or like only communicate by like repeating like snippets of conversation that they've overheard, like on the subway or something. And we've all like found ways to make that work within as both an ensemble uh, of just people and an ensemble of actors putting on uh, and creating a very specific show. Uh, Aaron uh, has a lot more lived experience than me in this regard, so he can probably speak to that uh, a little bit better. But I like to think that's a bit of uh, conventional wisdom that we've kind of uh, blown past a little bit. Yeah, I think that's true. And I also think that like, there's there's this like ethos of like, really like pie in the sky, like everything has to be like cheery and hopeful kind of, you know, and it's like, we we can have a show that's positive or whatever. But I, I always think like everything that we create has a snarky, you know, sense of irony or something, you know, like, there's always, you know, folks come in with just such cutting ideas, too. And it's like, it's hard to just sit there and say, like, I think there, there's this like brand of, of, of neurodivergent theater that's like everything, everything's always like balloons and roses. And I don't know, I feel like I just like in my core have too much of a punk rock attitude to kind of like actually believe that that's the way things should be. Um, you know, and, and you know, maybe that's a little, but Jackson, I know you're that way too, or I, I feel like you're that way too. You know, it's like, I think it's just the, the you know, we want to create pieces that are, complex and rich and interesting. And, you know, even, even if we're working with performers that have, you know, minimal language or whatever, um, I feel like we've always figured out ways to, you know, shine the light and make sure that they have a, a, an important place in the show and an important part and, um, you know, make sure that their voice is respected in that regard too, you know? Mm. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, Jackson, I'm, I'm sorry, please go ahead. I was just going to add one more thing that one of the most beautiful things that one of the most beautiful things I heard when I joined the company was that I, like I said, I had never worked with a group comprised of neurodivergent um, performers. And one of the things that I asked Jackson, we started working on the musical in terms of the scope. I said, so how, how much do we narrow the parameters? Um, and, and Jackson said, we don't. Jackson just said, we, we write the thing and we perform it and they learn it. And we don't actually cater to anything except the work that we want to create because they can perform anything. And that was just something that was so obvious once, once Jackson said it and became so clear once I was in the room. But I think that it, certainly for me, there was this um, trepidation coming into it and not fully knowing what the communication was going to feel like, what the level of execution was going to be able to hold or entail. Um, and one of the huge moments of debunking for me was that it was just like, just write it and, and it's going to be amazing. And it was amazing. And just seeing them, I mean, they, it's so emotional. Just seeing everybody step up and say like, yeah, we love performing this shit. Bring it on. And, um, and it made me want to want to do more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, also, like, to your credit, like, you were, like, composing via Zoom at the start. You legit had not had a chance, I believe, to hear most of these folks' singing voices, because it obviously, like, Zoom singing just doesn't work. It's it's not a thing. So you were definitely not, like, composing on easy mode uh, for a large part of that rehearsal process. So I think that's also a testament to your incredible professionalism and craft as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's all about, like, giving people like the shot that they want to take. I feel like, like if they want to, like we literally had an ensemble member who was very, like she wanted to play a villain. She was very open about that. Like, and so we definitely like work to give her like, and, and meet her like uh, in terms of like the ideas that she was bringing to the table and developing them and just giving her like just a really, really 
villainous, wicked villain, uh, and really relishing that task. Uh, and also, like, so much of the joy of creating for this ensemble, I think, is just the fact that it is writing for an ensemble. And once you have, like, those voices in mind, like, singing voices and also, um, like, speaking voices, like, their particular rhythm to uh, it just, like, opens up and really uh, makes the job very easy. Yeah, I was going to say earlier, Jackson, I, I printed up your website too. I tried to do a lot of research and I, yeah. I can't, I can't see you shoehorned into anything. I mean, <laughs> this is, I love, I love all of these ideas. They're just like, so some of them are just so out there and you did. And I love that you commit to them. I mean, but, um, mutant mammal, Captain McCrispy's banana guy and banana girl. These are, i I, I don't feel like any of that's written. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, whether it's my own personal work or action play, it's all about just creating something that I personally, like, as an autistic person, would enjoy. Uh, just me as, like, a person in general with my own weird tastes, like, just something that I'd enjoy seeing on the stage but yeah I'm, I'm very tickled that's the first time i think i've heard like those three titles like in tantum <laughs> spoken by somebody else <laughs> that was quite an experience <laughs> yeah. yes. yes indeed it was an experience to speak them together too it's <laughs> funny um so you were saying uh or that you were writing songs over zoom right over over the was that because of covid because yeah so i so for the for the majority of the season um we actually had all the sessions on zoom and and correct me uh aaron and jackson if i'm wrong but i think it wasn't until march or may late march early april march. that we started yeah march that we started getting in the room together um but pretty much from october when we began um, the sessions were on Zoom. So yeah, there was a lot of, of figuring out how to, A, how to rehearse, how to get people into a flow. Um, and, and what we did, we did a lot of breakout rooms. We did a lot of improvisations. And that was kind of the only opportunity where I really got to hear people's voices. Because even, you know, we I wrote this goodbye song for the group. And even just at the end, singing the goodbye song together, of course, it's on Zoom. So you hear it with like, 25 different time lags and you can't really get a sense of what the ensemble feels like together. Um, and so it was a lot of conjecture in terms of putting the score together and also certainly the element of you never actually really get to hear things in sequence because you right. can't even really sing things um, on Zoom. You can't rehearse with a piano uh, when you're online. Um, and so there was a lot of um, us, the three of us, and especially with the, with the remainder of the staff meeting and taking a listen to the materials, taking a look at them and figuring out um, kind of in a vacuum how the thing is starting to take shape. Uh, and I, and it was it was certainly a challenge, but one that I, I think makes kind of the final product even uh, even more inspiring. The fact that we were able to get where we did without seeing each other in flesh until maybe the fifth month in. Yeah, yeah, that's um, it's really interesting. I don't think a lot of people understand the the delay that comes with yeah. doing a show. I mean, it's it's we can we're on a, a relatively decent you know conversation timing situation on this call. Um, but I wrote a script or a musical called Running, and we wanted to record five solo solos during COVID. And this was insane. It was like the the um, there was a guy who was engineering it. He had to create a click track, and then the uh, the vocalist sang to the click track, and then they added the music into the. I mean, it was just crazy. If, if anybody really wants to know the situation, they can go to. The running the musical Facebook page, and I did a video of how it all worked out. It was only because I was just fascinated, but it's 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 not the best way to rehearse music. <laughs> no, and like we did a whole musical last year that we did in the same way on Zoom, where we recorded everything in you know in Zoom rooms and had you know, we didn't do it in the squares. We edited it all together. We, meaning we had to, you know, we did it incredibly professionally, but it was, it was very similar. And this process too, it's like, 
it was much more similar to making a film, you know, where you have to go and you have to kind of cobble all the scenes together and work out all the tech things in advance. And it was, it was a beast, man. It was like, wow. I think people, yeah, you're, I think you're right that because of all these edited, you know, like the Jimmy Kimmel clips where everyone looks like they're doing it all together. And yet people don't realize that that was a masterful sound edit that somebody created, you know, off of off of individual tracks, even if they were harmonizing or whatever. It's like and and it's so funny. It, it, it really did kind of um, I feel like. Yeah, it's 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 like it hasn't been fully demystified, but it's like everybody sat around for like a year watching these these Zoom videos that were created at home, but no one really knows that like behind the scenes we were like sweating. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, Kimmel is like studio money. So just yeah. everyone out there who thinks it's, you know, it's it was so easy for them. That's that's a lot of resources put into into that and and I I Believe me, I completely get it. As somebody who had to deal with it, I I do just want to do just want to acknowledge since we have the platform that of all of the huge disadvantages that we had to face in getting and and having to do things remotely for a while, I think one of the things that we um, realized and that we learned and that I hope we don't um, go back from is is the inclusivity that it allows in terms of uh, allowing people to be part of a group which otherwise might not have been able to either because they are um, uh, their physical location is far away or because their physical ability does not allow them to join. And I think one of the things that I really learned in the last two years is that we, we have gotten to the point where with technology, even once we start um, going back to fully in person, there's there's kind of no excuse at this point to leave people behind. And I, and I hope that's something that we really take with us and, and really implement kind of uh, across the board uh, in the industry is, is making sure that we use technology to our advantage, even, even when we are healthy and able to meet in person. I wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment for sure. I've done a fair bit of work uh, in the disability theater sphere uh, and the sort of the common opinion across the board there, you know, not to make it a whole monolith or anything, but a lot of people are like, yeah, it was actually really nice for this community. And, you know, you saw it uh, in the work that we were doing in Zoom here. Like there were some people uh, who really sort of uh, felt a little freer to come out of their shells uh, in the Zoom environment, and particularly in Zoom breakout rooms, where it's a very small group setting, which is definitely very conducive to uh, creating work together, because uh, you're you're not so like part of like a huge thing. Um, uh, and yeah, I'm very very excited to potentially uh, figure out ways that we can integrate virtual work uh, into our programs in the future. Uh, it's very exciting to think about. That is. So it, it's great that you said that. I did a, a a series called Act Two Places, where I interviewed throughout the the pandemic. I interviewed various theater companies, ensembles, teachers, artists about what was going on with with them during the uh, pandemic. And as uh, in the very beginning, it was just like we're just trying to keep everybody healthy and and a roof over their head and money and all of that. But as they got towards as we got towards where we were, I don't want to say working our way out of it, but starting to um, Jackson, a lot of people said that they're like, there's, there are things that we've learned electronically that we can now bring into our work that we may have turned our nose up to before. And, and so that's, you're not the first person to say that. Like so many people have said that. And I think that's cool. Why not bring technology into it? I mean, then it could, it can always help us. And if we can find ways to help us, then why not? You know, maybe we could start being a little more cutting edge again. And, and so it's people like you who, who have that idea and who are, who knew that probably before we did before COVID happened. So, so that's very cool. Okay. I got to let you guys go, but before, before we do, um, if you could have three wishes for action play, what, what would they be? Each one of you gets a wish. <laughs> oh man, that's a, that's a great question. Three wishes for, so I get three, oh, we each get one wish. You each get one wish. Oh man. Okay. Um, you know, <laughs> I wish, I wish we had 
a much bigger audience. I wish we had like billions of people, even though they're probably, you know, like that just like loved our work and wanted to come see everything. That's my biggest wish for action play. Billions of people. Okay. <laughs> That's totally, totally realistic. Okay. Or how about you? I'd say as somebody new to the organization, I wish that the organization had was able to do anything um, interesting to the organization with without having to account for how much it costs to make it work. Okay, Jackson? I totally co-sign both of those wishes. And uh, th- this just occurred to me. Uh, I feel like it could be really cool to have an action play band of some sort. Like we've got like all these different like music makers um, and we've got like like a little like chorus uh, group that occasionally does like performances, but an action play instrumental ensemble, I feel like could be really, really interesting to play around with. Like the talent's already there. I agree. And we should also have Getty Lee be in the band. Absolutely, yes. I, I don't know who that is. If you'd like Eddie to elaborate, Eddie is the lead singer, bassist, and high-voiced uh, genius of the band Rush. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm nerds. We'll get Geddy Lee and Iggy Pop as well. Yep, Geddy Lee. That, I know who that is actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I and of course I know Rush too, but I, uh, yeah, it's it's been a while. That's wow. I've got to be the oldest person in this Zoom room and you guys are pulling up Rush and I love it. <laughs> I love it. It makes me feel like I left something behind. Um, all right. Before we go, someone tell our audience your social media information uh, so they can keep up with all of you and they can get tickets. And if you have a, a place where people can go where they can connect with everything else, that's best, like a website that... Um, I don't know, it takes them to Facebook and all the other social apps. My social security number is, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, our, it's getting there. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's like not quite a joke. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so our website is actionplay.org. Um, and then we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at actionplayarts. Okay. I mean, you know, Facebook.com, you know, but it's Action Play Arts is the handle. All right, cool. Uh, and with regards to the uh, the upcoming uh, Arts for Autism concert, you can get tickets now at www.artsforautism.net. And I believe they're also available on Today Ticks as well. And we're going to be great. at the Gershwin, which is like amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, we forgot to mention that. Yeah, yeah, we're at I mean, the Gershwin, like where Wicked Gershwin is. It's, it's, <laughs> home, it's, home, it's home of Wicked. I mean, like... So, you know, the wickedliest, cool, a, uh, you know, neurodivergent theater group is going to be on stage at the Gershwin. Wow. Wicked awesome. (laughs) I can actually see that theater from right outside of the window that's behind you. I'm not opening up the blinds to hide anything. It'll just blind you. Literally blind you. It's just (laughs) your, your vision will go dark for a second there um (laughs) you guys this has been such a wonderful interview uh the three of you have been sensational guests i'm so so excited for all of you and um and your show that's upcoming and and the fact that it's in the gershwin theater where they do wicked and um i'm i think that what you're doing is incredible I, I want you to know that I'm I'm humbled. I really, really am. So thank, oh, thank you, you very, so much, very much. It's, thank you for having us. It's 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 my pleasure. Or Jackson and Aaron, thank you for being on the show. You've been amazing, and I wish you all many broken legs on the show and everything that you do in the future. Thank you. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Well, folks, the eleven o'clock number has been sung and the bows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. Once again, a big thanks to Or Matias, Jackson Tuckermeyer, and Aaron Feinstein, and the great people at Action Play. You can find more episodes of Your Program Is Your Ticket on the Broadway Podcast Network, who has honored me with a place on their incredible theater podcast platform. Broadway Podcast Network is all about creating an engaging, immersive, user-friendly experience where theater stories of all kinds can be easily found, shared, and enjoyed. 
please visit them on my landing page at bpn.fm slash ypiyt. Again, that's bpn.fm slash ypiyt. Your program is your ticket is also on Facebook at facebook.com. Your program is your ticket. I'm on Twitter at, at program ticket, Instagram at your program is your ticket, YouTube at your program is your ticket, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Podbean, Pocket Casts, Deezer, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and the UK based theater platform Thespi. FYI, I appreciate all good ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. Another quick note of thanks to the Communicator Awards for honoring Your Program is Your Ticket with four awards. An award of excellence for individual episodes in the arts and culture category, and three awards of distinction. Two for my Act Two Places series, one in the entertainment category, and one in the educational category, and one for me in the features host category. Isn't that nice of them? I'm extremely grateful for the honor and owe it all to my wonderful guests, listeners, and Broadway Podcast Network family. Folks, take a little time to visit theater websites and see what they have to offer. Give them all great ratings and reviews, and most importantly, donate, donate, donate. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. And remember, theater is for everyone. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.